is transforming data into actionable response and being able to understand how the technology that we have drives quality and safety. I'm Marianne Bohr with Hims. In this episode, we're sitting down with Jennifer Jones, CNIO at Integris Health. Now, today we'll be talking about how standardizing care communications technology can help lead to safer workflows for caregivers and better outcomes for patients. Before we start, I'd like to say thank you to Hillrom, now part of Baxter, for sponsoring this podcast. Thanks for joining us today, Jennifer. Could you tell me a little bit about yourself, the Integris Health System, and your role there? Yes, well, thank you. Currently, I am serving as the CNIO and the System Director of Nursing Informatics for our Integris Health System. I've been in that role for the last three years. My background is over 20 years of experience in the healthcare setting with a clinical background as a registered nurse in pediatric ICU, leadership, quality, safety, and performance improvement prior to joining the healthcare technology and informatics space. Within the Integris Health System, I have a triadic relationship with our CMIOs, and we work collaboratively with operational leaders, physicians, and nursing across the system to develop organizational clinical system strategies and drive innovative patient care and quality with a focus on how we apply our technologies to provide not only safe patient care, but patient-centered focus and ultimately improve the efficiencies in our clinicians' workflow. That's a little about me and what I do. I am part of Integris Health. It is the largest not-for-profit healthcare system in Oklahoma. We are a clinically integrated network serving more than 1,300 providers with more than 10,000 caregivers, 1,500 licensed beds in the acute care space across nine facilities. We have a wide variety of services, including primary care, heart and vascular, transplant, women's services. At Integris Health, Our mission, vision, and values reflect our commitment to partnering to achieve healthier outcomes for our patients and communities. We believe deeply that if we work together and we work hard, we can all live healthier, full lives and give future generations the gift of true health and well-being. The initiative that we're going to cover today really touches six of those acute care facilities and the standardization we look forward to um, in those spaces. Fantastic. Now, um, Jennifer, can you describe the problems at Integris that you and your teams set out to solve with this project? You know, where did all this start and how many facilities were involved? So, yeah, where this all started is we began looking at a system at some of the technologies that we already had in place and asked how we could optimize those systems and improve them. Essentially, um, we've invested a lot of money in those technologies, and we really wanted to understand how we could optimize our current workflows for our caregivers and have a better experience for our patients ultimately. Specifically, we found some of the untapped opportunities within our nurse call and locating systems, and we really began to partner with our vendor on what options we had in this space to optimize the system and better understand how we could use it. So some of the opportunities we recognized, I, you know, Integris Health is no different than the rest of the, the country. Over the last two years, we've had COVID, which has also shined a light really on the variabilities that we have um, in technology and the adoption. We had um, some significant inconsistencies in the knowledge of the systems and the capabilities we had across the entire uh, Integris Health system with our nurse call system. 
We also had a variability in the adoption, and it made it very difficult during COVID to see our caregivers that floated from one unit to another. Um, they were coming in from one unit or one facility, and they may have had different standardizations or different call light standardizations in one department than another. So we recognized really quickly we needed to get um, a general standard across all of our facilities. We also recognized a big opportunity to help with alarm fatigue and noise on our units. Um, you could walk in on a, a med surge unit and it was just a lot of noise, a lot of information and reminder calls from the nurse call system going to our devices as well as our hug stations. And so they were just really loud and, you know, not a real peaceful place for patient healing and our caregivers. And so we really wanted to see how we could help augment our nurses workflow and the call system and leverage our locating technology that um, could could better help in that space. Right. Well, you know, you've alluded to this idea of, you know, kind of using what you have. Can you speak a little more on that? You know, what did you and your teams realize that you weren't fully utilizing? And, you know, what were some of the biggest capabilities of the technology that you really started leveraging? Some of the biggest things were really around automation. So what kind of automation could we have adopted from this technology and this system? Really, that was the biggest thing uh, that we wanted to look at first. And so some of those things were, how do we automate just regular workflows in our clinicians, whether that's call cancellations or um, rounding reminders and workflows that were there. In our current system, or previously, we actually were documenting hourly rounding in the EMR, and we were doing a lot of duplicative documentation that really was a nurse dissatisfier for many of our clinicians. And so uh, with this with this project, we really looked at how we could leverage our real-time locating badge services and automate our rounding processes and reminders that really aligned with what our intentional and hourly rounding purposes at Integra's Health were. So that was a real big staff satisfier in our units. We were able to make that um, a very visual process and decrease the amount of call volumes that were coming in. So we've got a process during uh, the day shift hours and the night shift hours that really really obey those hourly rounding rules that we would have had um, with documentation in the EMR. And as long as our staff are going in and out of the rooms hourly, there's never a need for them to actually go in and trigger hourly rounding. We want them to spend, uh, you know, a couple of minutes in the room with the patients. We have rules set and we've really leveraged the technology um, in that space to, to automate that process. And again, the automatic call, call cancellation, instead of having to walk into the room hit a call cancellation button, how could we leverage that RTLS badge so that when our caregiver entered the room, that call was automatically answered and addressed, thereby reducing the amount of noise on the unit as well. I think another thing that we really uh, captured was our reporting, uh, stronger use of our reporting. Um, one of the things that we recognized is we didn't really understand as a leadership team um, on the nursing side how much data we could get from our nurse call system and what that could do to help us really tailor and augment some of those automation and or uh, reasons why our patients were calling. So really partnering with um, our nursing leaders to begin to standardize the types of reports that they were utilizing and better understand their current opportunities on their units. I think nurse leaders were really unaware of that insight and um, we began working uh, collectively 
with them to explain to them how they could leverage that data to better understand the number of call lights per day, how well we were doing with rounding and that process that we automated, um, and the ability to really drill down and understand why our patients were calling. And I think the third biggest thing we really took um, that I think just the last couple of years with the increase of COVID um, and the changes in the behavioral health space, we're a large healthcare system and we have several of our behavioral health populations sprinkled throughout the system. And so that RTLS badge that we have, we leveraged a staff duress functionality that really allowed us to have an automated process in a, in a room or in a hallway if a staff member or a caregiver got into some kind of um, distress and really needed help, they were able to trigger a button on their badge that again uh, triggered a special call light with alarms and those were configured to send to caregivers on the unit to respond to those caregivers in need. And, you know, we're able to actually pull reports on that use of the duress badge and we're able to better understand where we have opportunities in that population now. Additionally, the utilization of our staff duress badges helped to really make our caregivers feel like there was a safer environment during the times that they needed it most. That's great. Now, Jennifer, deploying these new standards across six facilities is hard. Can you describe the key steps in your standardization effort? First and foremost was to get a baseline assessment and planning. And so we really partnered with our vendor and then we collaborated cross-functionally across the six facilities to ensure that we had a standard around our nurse call design. We pulled in clinicians from the bedside, we pulled in nursing leaders, we pulled in IT, we pulled in biomed. Um, It was just really a lot of cross-functional teams talking about what happened in their own environments and how they had configurations today and what impact those standards uh, would have in their own units. Um, So I think that really, um, it was two long days Um, four hours apiece, and it was a a lot of discussion all the way down to what type of tone, what type of, whether it's slow or flashing, should it look like based on do I need help now or do I need help a little bit later and it's not necessarily that emergent, um, to the lens colors on the display was standardized for a handful of very uh, routine basic uh, call lights that we had. The implementation phase, um, I think we were really thoughtful about the rollout we had at all of the facilities, you know, taking that cross-functional team, understanding kind of what we were lacking in training today, what were we lacking in adoption today in education and how how we could better support our staff. We were able to actually pull in all of those facilities. We put them in through a simulated um, caregiver area. So we had a unit that wasn't being currently utilized and it was set up just like a regular bed. We partnered with our vendor, they came in, they did a couple hour training sessions with er every caregiver, um, all the way down to our HUCs who were utilizing the smart client features. Um, So we were very thoughtful and methodical about how we rolled that out and how we did our training for our caregivers so that we could um, make sure that we adopted uh, the technology in the way we wanted to. Post-implementation, we are still learning. So we're still learning some of the challenges that we have in our clinical workflow. We're utilizing our data to better understand the automation. We also want to make sure that the changes that we've made stick. Um, So, you know, to... um, 
to the point that we had clinicians who came up with great ideas. We had posted the changes around in the units, and we said, here are the changes, here are the new standard configs and call lights. They were hanging in the areas, and everybody's like, hey, can you just create me a a badge buddy that has that new standard call configuration. So it's easily accessible for them to understand um, the new configurations. Uh, and so I think those are some things we did, um, as well as developed additional education. Uh, some of our unit leaders um, had additional mandatory education so that they could understand the automated workflows and make sure that their teams were adopting those changes. Wow. Now, what were some of the main challenges of the implementation? Well, no two caregiver settings or care settings are ever alike. And so some of the challenges that we first, um, first out of the gate, we wanted to standardize the whole system. And it became really clear through that cross-functional team that we really needed to kind of slow down with our adoption and, and better understand some of those reminders or workflows that we needed to keep either department specific or service line specific that we may not be able to standardize. So we had to be really thoughtful about that and you know we had a great partnership not only with our cross-functional team but our vendor to say well you might want to consider that standardizing in these places isn't the best best option so we did really kind of slow down and um, we decided to opt for just a standard config on just regular alarms we've got more reminders and action buttons um, or action requests that we can do at a facility and or department level. I think um, streamlining the implementation, education, and training processes are never easy, especially in the middle of COVID when all of our caregivers were already um, burnt out and tired. And so we looked at leveraging our platforms with education where we have our LMS or our learning management system. And we worked with our vendor to bring forth some of those things where our clinicians could get real-time training right there um, at the ease of their workstation in between patients when they needed to. Um, we had to be very deliberate in making sure that training was adequate. Um, previously, we've adopted technology and we've minimized our training and we know that that ultimately impacts our adoption. And so we were very methodical and required training and the participation in training, not only um, with our vendor partner and the simulated aspect, but really at the unit level and understanding what was going on there. And I think across the entire process, we've just adhered to a philosophy that we're going to go slow to go fast. Um, I think we could have done it a whole lot differently, but we've been really a little bit slower and methodical about the changes so that we are getting a better adoption of the technology than I think we would have um, if we would have approached it out of the gate in our original plan. I see. So in a similar vein, what were the key learnings for you in that process? What went well and what would you change? So some of the things that went really well for our organization is we ensured that we had the right people involved in the decision-making process. And when I say the right people, it wasn't necessarily just the clinicians in the room, but it was really understanding um, the technology and the processes that we would be able to have to upgrade or update or take changes um, in the future. And so in our previous structure, any nurse leader or nurse manager could make a change to their call light system. And of course, going through this whole exercise and this whole process and revamp and the standardization, we wanted to have a real clear cut 
process for our IT groups and our clinical groups. So we have a tier one and a tier two process that we did not have previously. So out of this project, we adopted that. And our tier one process really is any of those break fixes that are impacting patient safety and clinician workflows. Those are addressed immediately. Any of the changes that are coming in, and if it's a request from a clinician and it's coming into our IT about a bell or an alarm or a sound, those things aren't made anymore as one-off changes. They are now taken in as intake through that IT group. They're shared with our Nursing Informatics System-Wide Shared Governance Council, and we talk about what those changes could uh, eventually do and the impacts that they could make. Um, So I think really having um, a solid a solid process in the change control process, as well as ensuring those right people are involved in it in the decision-making process was very, um, very valuable. I think identifying the change agents that we had to help support our improvements was great. We had change agents that were even from different facilities that had utilized the system before go into the other facilities that were just starting it with the utilization of uh, hourly rounding and the automated rounding reminders. They partnered with them, came in, worked closely. So it was good to see kind of that um, continuous learning from different clinicians utilizing that same functionality in another area. And then focusing really on one change at a time. Instead of trying to roll out all the changes at once, it was really what is the process that we're going to roll out each of these changes. So we went live with the standardization first, and then we did the automated rounding reminders in three pilot units, and we're slowly rolling that out to the rest of our units. And there's other optimizations that we'll be taking in that similar fashion so that we are really focusing on adopting one change at a time. Some of the things that we might have changed, really conducting our clinical workflow assessments back to back a lot sooner. So those were those two four hour sessions where we got that cross functional team together. And um, there was really about a six week to eight week window in between there based on COVID and kind of the numbers and what we were seeing. And it really kind of slowed down a little of our progress at the beginning. And then I think anticipating some of the challenges earlier So some of the pushback that we had, really understanding whether that's clinician pushback, managerial pushback, especially when you're implementing new technology such as the RTLS badges, um, how do you mitigate any type of um, concerns around it being Big Brother-esque and people can see you and really drive it from a Now you can see where your clinicians are. You don't have to go chase them down in the rooms. Um, You can easily respond when they're in need, knowing where they need help at. And then ultimately being able to, you know, look down the hallway and you can see whether a caregiver's in a room visually without having to search for them. Um, Those were just things that we had to really change the way we we talk to our staff and our leaders about it and help them have more uh, thoughtful communication with their caregiver staff on really the safety and the quality aspect of um, adopting our RTLS badges. Okay, so what would you say were the main benefits that you were able to drive from this effort? I think some of the the benefits we were able to drive, obviously, were our our nurse managers adopting a more robust reporting and better understanding kind of what was occurring at an individual unit level. 
some of those workflow changes were more strongly adopted. So we had some nurse leaders that really adopted the robust reporting, were able to get very transparent. They actually pulled the reporting data, made it really fun and transparent, shared it with their clinicians. Um, clinicians are, are very, very competitive. No one wants to be the last. Um, no one wants to have the most call lights. And so when you have engaged leaders that are able to take the data that they're pulling and drive individual changes at the unit level and behavioral changes at the staff level, it's it's just amazing. So the one unit I'm talking about in particular, that leader really engaged with her staff in a very, a very different way. And what we were able to see is not only did we see... Um, better automated rounding, a higher compliance. I mean, ultimately our goal is 90% with that process. That unit averaged about 84 to 86% over the six month pilot. Uh, we also saw an increase about 10 to 15% in some of their press gainy responsiveness of sa- staff questions um, and call light questions. So I think those that was a really great benefit is transforming data into actionable response and being able to understand how the technology that we have drives quality and safety. And then um, we had another uh, a pilot that we did on another unit. It was really focused on a bed exit, not on workflow and just implementing the more visual cues for when those bed exits weren't activated for the staff. Uh, it really helped us uh, reduce some of our falls that we were seeing on that unit where it was an average of two a month uh, before that to uh almost zero soon after implementation over a seven month period. So some of the, those are some of the biggest benefits that we saw in automating it. Um, I think we're seeing benefits in the clinician's workflow around noise and the reduction of noise on our units. And not only is that a staff satisfier, but it's also a patient satisfier. Our patients come to the environment to heal and the less noise that they have, the better it is for their experience overall. That's great. What's next for Integris in this effort? We want to continue optimizing our nurse call configurations across all Integris facilities and make improvements as we continue to gather additional clinical feedback. Some of those features include reducing duplication of staff assignments and shift assignments. So currently we're using four systems to do that and we have the ability to leverage that in just one system. We also want to integrate our fall risk assessments for our patients. Again, we're currently doing that in three systems, and we'd like to be able to pull all of that information forward at the time that it's entered. Another thing that we um, we see happening is the empowerment of our nurse managers in helping utilize those robust reporting to really drive bedside changes. So we talked about um, adopting our automated rounding. They actually have the ability to run rounding reports to see how well they're doing with rounding and where their opportunities are. I think what's next in that vein is how we automate our uh, bedside shift handover or handoff so that we better understand when our primary clinicians, our bedside nurses, are actually in the room Um, doing a handover or handoff. Ultimately, that drives patient experience, quality and safety, and is one of the things that we would like to see automated as well. 
And I think we're just going to keep finding new opportunities for investment in our care communication technologies and working as much as we can to leverage the technology to be very efficient for our clinicians and really ultimately improve their satisfaction and then enhance that patient and caregiver experience through reporting and ultimately looking at what we can do um, differently in the future. So Jennifer, do you have any parting words of advice for your peers that want to embark on a similar journey? Yeah, I think you have to really um, begin with a clear understanding of the clinical workflows that you have today and where those challenges are in the clinical workflows. Um, Know what's working well and then know what's not working well in those spaces. Um, being able to understand the gaps and the variations that ex- that exist currently will really help you define what you want to gain out of that standardization. Um, you can standardize any of your technology to accommodate what your clinical workflows are. And so really having uh, clinical informatics, IT, clinical nurses, and your, um, your clinical leaders involved in discussions about a uh, what that clinical workflow is. And I think it's key really uh, to nurture close partnerships with those those key clinicians. It's not just the bedside caregivers. It's not just IT. It's everybody. It's getting out in the, the area, understanding the clinical workflows, understanding the alarm fatigue, the stress, the um, visual fatigue, whatever it is um, with whatever technology that you're trying to improve and really begin to understand how you can leverage that technology and what that technology offers so that you can help augment your clinicians at the bedside. And it takes it takes a village. Um, our clinicians don't speak IT, our IT don't speak clinical workflow. And you know our clinical informatics really are that that vein that helps support both the caregiver, the clinician and the technology pieces. And then lastly, you can't leave out your vendors. Um, They understand how their technology is designed, and it really is use cases that you need for your organization um, and and really how you get there together. Um, I think you have to have stakeholders from various facilities in your system that are aligned on a common goal And you have to collect feedback from all parties involved. Ultimately, that broadens the consensus for the project and where you're trying to go as you move forward on your journey. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for your insights. And a special thanks to Hillaram, now part of Baxter, for sponsoring this podcast. Have a fantastic rest of your day.